to a new episode of Two Geeks, Two Beers, with me, Morgan, and Tom. Hello. Two of Earthrealm's finest. Uh, join us as we get absolutely mortal <laughs> with a flawless history of one of the great video game franchises, Mortal Kombat, or to use the correct pronunciation, Mortal Kombat! Uh, I think we should get it out of the way. Yeah. I'm not going to make you wait. Let's whack it on. Okay. Uh, the theme for Mortal Kombat is Techno Syndrome by the Immortals. Go for it. Okay, two things. One, uh, if that doesn't get you amped up for anything, I don't know what will. Right. Two, uh, 90s, was it? <laughs> it was a little, it's a little 90s. It's a bit yeah. like Two Unlimited's B-side to No Limits. <laughs> on uh, on YouTube, it links to uh, Club to Death from The Matrix. Yeah. yeah. So there was um, this kid at my school, uh, Daniel, and he was, he was, he, I don't know what the technical term was, but he was a weird kid, Okay. Uh, this Daniel. And during our, our music lessons, uh, we, we would get to just sort of, just sort of left our own devices, play around on the keyboards. And Daniel would always play this um, little techno beat that sounded a bit like the theme from uh, Mortal Kombat. That beatboxing? No, 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 no. So he would play the theme like on the keyboards, yeah. but he would sing, in inverted commas, <laughs> along. Except, except, he'd be wearing like headphones, so none of us could hear the music. So, <laughs> so we'd all be sort of, you know, tooting away, you know, playing our own stuff. And every 15 or sort of 20 seconds, interrupting the silence, <laughs> just be this kid Danny going, Mortal Kombat! Now, was Danny... Then nothing. Was Danny someone that would get the girls? Or... <laughs> not, not, not so oh, much. Okay. Just, just a, Mortal Kombat! Then silence. Mortal Kombat! Just every, every once in a while. Uh, uh, he he uh, headbutted a teacher once. <laughs> in the chest. What school did you go to? A rough one. Uh, so, so on to the beers. Uh, yeah. We're drinking uh, Beer Lao, which is uh, the national beer of Lao in Asia. Oh. And a reference, of course, to one of the great MK characters, Kung Lao. Of course. So, uh, what was your relationship with uh, Mortal Kombat? Next to nothing. I find this strange. So, I feel like there are certain pockets of 90s culture that just... Mm. I just I think I was too, like, little boy-ish to appreciate at the time. But were you not, like, always thinking, oh, I want to play, like, oh, I want to play the grown-up stuff, yeah. stuff that's a bit too old for you? But again, you know how we said we, that we were quite late bloomers with video games, how we'd always get the console... I thought you were going to say girls then, but yes, yeah, also, also video games. We'd always get the console late mm. the one after mm. the one that's just <laughs> that's because i was poor yeah <laughs> but and because of that which well you'll get onto it just, just tell me what like was the main consoles that mortal kombat was it on all the consoles it, it well it start yeah well it's it's been pretty much consistent but it started out on like the sega see, I mega see, drive I was, slash genesis see, i was a sega boy so i should have you know i was a sega the only boy. of this ilk games <laughs> yeah. that i got was Tekken. Alright, Tekken, which was Tekken 2. Tekken 2, Tekken 2 is, is um, the first. Whereas, yeah, game. Mortal Kombat, not so much. Right, well, so for me, it was one of my very, very favourite games mm. on the Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis. Check out episode 22 of uh, Two Geeks for more on that classic console. Uh, and I don't, really, I don't think I ever owned Mortal Kombat, um, but I would always rent it kind of repeatedly 
from uh, Cats, which was the local video and game <laughs> rental store. Well, no, it was in Redruth. It's it's cool. Cool. I don't think it was a chain. Um, <laughs> but every rental came with a free flump. Uh, <laughs> it was great. And, and, I, and I loved the original game. And then later, as a kid, the first Mortal Kombat movie yeah. became genuinely one of my favourite movies at the time, possibly of all time. Um, and it, I, I kind of scoff at this idea of the video game movie curse. Yeah. Because that first Mortal Kombat movie, I will not hear a bad word said about but it. Is we'll it, get it, on to it. We'll it, get on to okay. it. Okay. We'll, we'll I'll, I'll it. leave it to him. Let, first of all, first of all, <laughs> let's, uh, let's embark on a flawless history okay. of Mortal Kombat. So Mortal Kombat uh, is a video game franchise originally developed by Midway Games in 1992. So we would have been about six or seven. Yeah. And it's spelt with a K, which is always a sign of cool. <laughs> cool with a K. K. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it started development in 1991 with only four people on board the project. So there was Ed Boone, who was uh, programming. Boone. Boone. Uh, John Tobias and John Vogel, uh, who in charge of graphics. And Dan Forden, who was in charge of sound design. Now, originally, uh, Boone and Tobias were approached to create a video game adaptation of a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Now, I've seen some conflicting reports <laughs> as to whether it was supposed to be based on 1988's Bloodsport or 1992's Universal Soldier. But Bloodsport is about a martial arts tournament, so that would seem to make more sense given what the end product ends up being. Oh, if, but if we ever do a Freaky Franchises 2... Sequel. Sequel. We have to do... That would be fit yeah. to do a sequel to the Freaky <laughs> Franchises 2 week episode. Yeah. We have to do Universal Soldier um, because yeah. it, it's fascinating. There's four films, two TV movies, and a, a divergent timeline in which like the timeline of Universal Soldier but again, who, who knows anything about this Universal Soldier? Me. You and do. I'll tell you all about yeah. it. Um, but anyway, the movie licence for this game uh, fell through. So Boone and Tobias tweaked their original idea, a game that was, quote, a lot more hard edge, a little bit more serious, a little bit more like Bloodsport or Enter the Dragon. Listen to Two Geeks Episode 40, Bruce Lee. Um, and, and they added in uh, fantasy and horror elements, and thus Mortal Kombat was born. about those sort of nostalgic sounds isn't there? and I like the fact that back then they they sort of wanted to make it relatively realistic by having like, photos of the people if you know what I mean right right again we'll get onto it so <laughs> but do you notice just like in our Predator episode episode 38 yeah remove JCVD from the equation mm. good things happen so yeah. MK minus JCVD mm. equals greatness <laughs> um Tobias, he said he drew inspiration for the game's feel from Chinese mythology and also the 1986 comedy horror kung fu classic <coughs> Big Trouble in Little China. Ah, it's a classic. Mm. It is a classic. Kurt Russell special, I think it's yes. probably in the offing It'll at some point for two geeks. Definitely. Um, along with Capcom's Street Fighter and Bandai Namco Entertainment's Tekken, which you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, uh, Mortal Kombat has become one of the most successful fighting franchises in the history of video games. Including all spin-offs, updates, and reboots, there have been 22 releases yeah. in the franchise. Uh, as of April 2015, after the release of Mortal Kombat X, <laughs> the franchise had sold 35 million units. And as of June 2000, which was admittedly a little while ago now, uh, the franchise generated 5 billion in revenue, making it at the time the 10th highest-grossing media franchise <laughs> of all time. Wow! Do you know what number one was? What? Have a guess. The, like, the highest grossing media franchise Stop. of all time. It's Pokemon. Really? Pokemon is the highest grossing franchise suppose, of all yeah. media of all time. Yeah. It made $6 trillion in two th by, by 2000, so more by now. That was more than Harry Potter, which made a mere $25 billion. That's just nothing, isn't it? Yeah. Make an effort. Water off a of Pokemon's back. <laughs> Water off a of Squirtle's back. I'm getting to some of the uh, plot and characters of Mortal Kombat. There's a plot. Well, you, well, you say this, the mythology <laughs> is so like unbelievably dense that you could lose yourself for hours, maybe even days, in an MK hole. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
So I'm going to sort of summarise here. So the series takes place in a fictional universe, obviously, consisting of 18 surviving realms, which according to in-game backstories were created by the Elder Gods. Uh, six of the realms that have been named were Earth Realm, which is under the, under the protection of the Thunder God, Raiden, Nether Realm, which is a realm of demons and shadowy warriors, which uh, Emperor Shao Kahn claims as his own. Yeah. There's uh, Sado, I believe, the, the realm of order, whose inhabitants prize structure and order above all else. The realm of chaos, whose inhabitants do not abide by any rules whatsoever. <laughs> and Edenia, which is known for its beauty, artistic expression, and the longevity of its inhabitants. I can't see them doing very well anymore. But I'd, I'd want to live there. <laughs> you want to live there? Yeah. Uh, so the first Mortal Kombat game takes place in Earth Realm, or Earth, yeah. uh, where seven different warriors with their own reasons for entering participated in the tournament. <laughs> their own reasons. Don't, don't question them. Don't question, their I've, own I've, got my, I've got my own reasons. I don't like to talk yeah. about it. Uh, the eventual prize uh, being the continued freedom of their realm, which was threatened with a takeover by Outworld. Uh, the Elder Gods had, apparently, previously decreed that the denizens of one realm... Denizens, that's the word that's not used <laughs> enough. The denizens of one realm could only conquer another realm by defeating the defending realm's greatest warriors in ten consecutive Mortal Kombat tournaments. Now, I use the word realm there a lot, but basically what I'm saying is you have to win Mortal Kombat ten times and then you can okay. take over, and that's fair, and you can't, can't quibble with that. Okay. So among the established warriors were Liu Kang. Liu Kang. Uh, he was a Shaolin monk and martial artist, originally part inspired by uh, Bruce Lee. His special move was the bicycle kick. You know this? So he would basically... I, I can't really do it. Ronaldo. I've got... <laughs> he sort of... So I can't really do it because I've got a laptop on my lap. But he would sort of like fly through the air and like kicking his legs. Like... <laughs> have, a have some of that. Is that, is that Lou Kang or Luke Ang? No, Lou <laughs> Kang. <Okay>. Lou <laughs> Kang. Not Luke, <laughs> Luke Ang. Although I guess it could have been. Uh, Johnny Cage yeah who was I've heard of Johnny Cage he was a cocky movie star created as a parody of Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, after the whole movie rights debacle uh, Sonya Blade who was a special forces officer uh, she was a late addition to the game as developers decided deep into the development cycle that the game needed a female character obviously uh, and they were battling uh, the villainous shape-shifting sorcerer Shang Tsung and his monstrous four-armed henchman Goro <laughs> Uh, also, the uh, Scorpion, who is an undead ninja spectre, Come here! who reels in opponents with his deadly spear. Now, Scorpion yells taunts at his opponents when he hits them with his spear. Uh, they were voiced by the game creator, Boon, <laughs> uh, in the games, and up until 2015's Mortal Kombat X, uh, and in both feature films. According to Boon, the phrases originated because he thought it would be funny to have Scorpion yell out, Get over here! <laughs> when he threw his spear. Oh. And he was apparently encouraged to get behind the studio microphone and record the taunts. Uh, there was also Sub-Zero, who was Scorpion's murderer, a formidable fighter who can control ice in many forms. Kano, a calculating criminal, and Sonya's nemesis, who sports a cybernetic faceplate with infrared eye laser. And an R&B rapper that no one remembers from the mid-noughties. Not that Kano. Okay. It's not that Kano. Kano. It's not that Kano. Kano. Uh, <laughs> a reptile, who is a reptilian creature, funnily enough who in appearance mirrors Scorpion and Sub-Zero, except he sports a jaunty green get-up, compared to their yellow and blue outfits. Yeah. Uh, Reptile de debuted in Mortal Kombat as a hidden opponent, and appeared in subsequent titles as a playable character. To fight Reptile in the original game, the player must get a double flawless victory in single-player mode on the pit stage, and finish the match off with a fatality. There must also be a silhouette flying past the moon, which will occur every sixth game. So, pretty, pretty easy, pretty easy. <laughs> I would have given up by that point. Yeah, anyway... So with the help of Raiden, the Earthwhelm, Earthwhelm? Earth, <laughs> Earth Realm warriors were victorious, and Liu Kang, I can't now stop, can't stop thinking about <laughs> it, Liu Kang, um, Liu Kang became the new champion of Mortal Kombat. Subsequent games chart various different attempts by Shang Tsung and other villains to conquer Earthrealm and the other realms. Later games would introduce new popular characters, uh, most notably Mortal Kombat 2 gave us the blade-wielding Baraka. Jackson, Jax, Briggs, a special forces soldier with bionic arms. Kung Lao, cheers. That's where the beers come from. Who was uh, Liu Kang's best friend. And a former Shaolin monk with a razor-rimmed hat. Uh, the evil emperor of Outworld, Shao Kahn. And his daughter, Katana. Katana! Katana! She's got, got my back! back. Uh, 
2011's Mortal Kombat, uh, which was a reboot of the game series, took a leaf out of Star Trek's book. So in this game, Raiden Ooh. sends visions of the entire course of the Mortal Kombat timeline ah, to himself in the past. I love that. Apparently he's got that power. But, yeah. Right before the events of the first game, causing a rift in time Good. and a new reboot timeline. Technically it still exists. It's what you love. So yes. it's, it's still, all the old games that yeah. exist, still in the same timeline, yeah. but there's, there's, a new, there's a new timeline. Yeah. Love it. Our story has ended. Centuries of battle. Meaningless. Shao Kahn has consumed Earthrealm. His victory must be undone. Armageddon averted. We will strike where he is vulnerable. The past. So with, 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 with these, and this applies to all of these sort of games. Mm. Like you said there, that a certain character won. Mm. But don't you choose who you're playing? Yeah, but there's sort of like just like a storyline that doesn't really connect with. Whatever you're up so to. So if your player but wins it, all the matches and then yeah, but, yeah, but another what? character wins at the end, what's yeah. that about? Well, no, no, no. So so you play the game. Yeah. If you're playing, say, as Johnny Cage, yeah. it's the same with Tekken or any yeah. of these games. And then it says, well, you won, well done. But yeah. then the next game comes out and it's like, in the official canon. <laughs> Luke okay. Kang, Kang won. So there's no rules. They just, they just do whatever. Well, they can be like... Every single possibility of whatever player you, whatever character you yeah, play, has one, has one more combat. To, they have to make a. They'd have to sort of. Um, we're gonna make a judgment call, guys. They'd have to like at the beginning of the game go, which player did you play in the last game? <laughs> you have to select that player. Go, John, Joy Cage. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he won. He, he's he won it in the last one. Good good work. No. So let's get gory uh, with the fatalities. <laughs> Um, so the Mortal Kombat series has a reputation for high levels of bloody violence. Yeah, this, this bloody violence. It's bloody violence. This was the game where you were naughty if you were playing this when you were like eight, right? If you shouldn't be playing this. This is why you didn't play it. You were too much of goody two Yeah, good little boy. <laughs> uh, so, most notably, uh, Mortal Kombat was notorious for its fatalities. Fatality. Finishing moves that allow the victorious characters to end a match in a special way by murdering their defeated <laughs> defenceless opponents in a gruesome manner. That's the thing, like, in other, in other games, I feel like in Tekken, if you beat them, you didn't kill them. Do you know what no. I mean? This one, you're ripping, like, their spine out. And it's like, it's after you've already beaten them. Yeah. And it's just, you're, just, you're just being a dick now. <laughs> you're just being a dick. Yeah. The dick moves, as they're also known. Uh, so there were other finishing moves in the various Mortal Kombat games, including animalities, which were introduced in Mortal Kombat 3, turning a victor into an animal what? to violently finish off their opponent. Yeah, right. that's the thing. Uh, brutalities, uh, which were introduced in the update Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, which is bashing an opponent into pieces with a long combo of hits. Uh, stage fatalities and death traps, which involve uh, utilising certain parts of stages to execute a lethal finishing move. This was introduced in the original Mortal Kombat Pit stage, <laughs> where the victor can uppercut their opponent off the platform into a bed of spikes below. Right. Uh, 2004's Mortal Kombat Deception on the PlayStation 2 added the Harry Kiri, a self-fatality, allowing the loser to engage in a suicide-based finishing move. So then there'd be a race between both players to see if the winner can finish off the loser before, before they kill, kills before himself. kill themselves. Bloody hell. It's, it's like, you wonder why so many people are unhinged now. Like, <laughs> they're playing this shit when they're like 10 years oh, old thinking this is fine. Don't start on that. Oh, come on, don't start this is on weird. That. <laughs> uh, it's the MK equivalent of you can't fire me, I quit. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. But 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 slowly, so you might have a chance to kill me first. Alright. It's a little weird. Uh, there are also some non-violent finishing moves in the series. Friendship moves. Ooh, friend. Introduced in Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, resulted in displays of friendship towards the enemy instead of slaughter. Uh, they were made as a comical response to the attention the series gathered due to its violent content. Well, that tickled them to death or something. No, it's just sort of, you just sort of do something nice. You just give them some flowers or... What? Yeah, you just like just do something nice. Don't have to kill them. Oh, so they don't die? No, no, no. It's just oh. like, there you go. Yeah. yeah, okay. So Street Fighter producer Yoshinori Ono uh, said there was a difference in philosophy between the two games. 
So in Street Fighter, when you're playing, it's the moment-to-moment gameplay that should be the best. Whether you win or lose doesn't really matter. Whereas in Mortal Kombat, the fighting and playing is just a pathway to get to the result. It's the fatality you want to see. <laughs> and, you, and you almost want to skip the fighting bit, get to the fatality, because that's the result. Yeah. A little point on that. In, in 2013, uh, Ed Boon, he named the hypothetical MK versus SF, Mortal Kombat versus Street mm. Fighter, as his dream crossover oh. game. And in 2014, uh, Boone said his team had remained in touch with Capcom, but no one could resolve the incompatibility problem of Mortal Kombat being much more brutal than mm. Street Fighter. So either you make Street Fighter super violent and, that, and it kind of loses its charm, or you make Mortal Kombat not so violent and it kind of loses what's special about that series. Mm. Which brings me on to the sensitive souls, like yourself. So the, the... <laughs> I'm fine. It's just the whole suicide thing went a bit far. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, okay. But the fatalities <laughs> in part led to the creation of the ESRB uh, video game rating system, uh. sort of a BBFC of video games. In 1992, two US senators, Joe Lieberman of Connecticut and Herb Cole of Wisconsin, <laughs> uh, led hearings on video game violence, uh. Mortal Kombat being one of two games of the era cited in the hearings, the other being Night Trap. A game, oh, yeah, a game in which you play a secret agent yeah. protecting teenage girls in a house full of horrors. It's really weird. I didn't remember this game, yeah. but look, look at the cover. That yeah, instantly brings back memories yeah, for me. Yeah. It's, it is a. But it's it, the actual game is comical. Have you seen clips of it? No, it's, so, it's, it's it looks like you're you're going around the house and you're about to like kill loads of women. But mm. it's it's a comedy. It's it's silly. It's not right. meant to be taken seriously. But at the time they're like, oh my god, we can't be seen to be doing this, so they just took it down. You totally flipped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too much. Now you're like, no, not chop was fine. What are you talking? What are you worried about? About two months ago, I saw the video game Night Trap for the first time. It is a sick, disgusting video game, in my judgment. The cover of Night Trap is uh, yeah. a woman in a sports bra, for some yeah. reason, in front of, I think, vampires. Uh, maybe we'll post it to our, our Two Geeks Instagram yeah. and you can take a look at it there. So this guy, Joe Lieberman, he condemned Sega for even releasing Night Trap and felt it simply has no place in our society. <laughs> uh, uh. But, I mean... My thing is, it's strange how Mortal Kombat sold millions upon millions of copies. Yeah. There's only a very small minority of those that played it following through with violent attacks in the real world. Yeah. It's almost like it has no connection whatsoever. Well, think how many people have played the GTA games. Yeah. And, yeah, how many, how few people claim that it was because of that that they yeah. went off to do horrible things. I spent thousands on a university education in media <laughs> studies, which I will never pay back. And I can tell you this, the hypodermic needle model is bullshit. <laughs> that's, what, that's one thing I learned. Look it up. Yeah, Google it. Educational on two geeks. We won't educate you. We will mention something and then you have <laughs> to educate yourself. You can educate yourself. Yeah. Right. So the look of the games. So the original three games, there's Mortal Kombat in 1992, Mortal Kombat 2 in 1993, Mortal Kombat 3 in 1995, and the reissue, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 in 1995, uh, featured a 2D fighting style. But from 1997's MK4 for the N64, PC and PS1 onwards, the franchise would experiment with a 3D gameplay. Mm. Though, mm, I know, it's exactly. It's a dodgy move. Monkey yeah. Island fan is out. <laughs> Though, yeah, yeah, exactly. Monkey yeah. Island, go 3D. Don't do it. Lose Don't the charm. Yeah. Uh, so 2011's Mortal Kombat, which was the reboot mm-hmm. for the PlayStation 3, was considered by many fans to be a return to form because it returned to the single 2D fighting plane. Uh, the early games, as you mentioned, they were noted for their realistic digitised sprites. They were based on filmed actors as opposed to drawn graphics, uh, which gave them a more realistic look compared to the more cartoony Street Fighter 2. Yeah, you compare it to like Streets of Rage or something, mm. where Streets of Rage is great, but it, it was very cartoony. Yeah. Whereas this, even though it's dated now, at the still time... Looks, it still it, looks yeah, kind of good. It, it, it's sort of, yeah, yeah, very clever the way they did it. Mm. So the Mortal Kombat games were also uh, famous for being very layered. Or layers from Mortal Kombat game. Uh, Said no one ever until now. (laughs) No, because not it wasn't just about violence. The franchise was. (laughs) It's about the articles. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The franchise. Playboy of video games. The franchise was renowned for an extraordinarily high amount of Easter eggs. You could write a Ready Player One sequel entirely about Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Uh, So there are hidden characters you could unlock, like Reptile that I mentioned earlier, or Mortal Kombat 2's Jade. There were hidden games within the game. So you could play Pong as part of Mortal Kombat 2. I was about to say that as a joke. What? 
Yeah, so you can actually just play Pong. Yeah, so oh. you, you had to... I, I, this is one of these things where I don't know how... I reckon they must have just come out and told people this. No one actually discovered this. Because yeah. to, to unlock Pong or Mortal Kombat 2, you had to play in two-player mode, you know, like play against your mate, and, and one of you had to win 250 battles. And it's like... Who's going to do that? Unless you're like a right dick and your mate's like... I'm just no good at this and you're like nah one more game I'm going to totally K you up again one more game like who's going to and then they go oh turns out Pong and your prize was Pong <laughs> and your prize was Pong <laughs> yes we've unlocked a less good game than the one we're already playing um, well you thought that Easter egg was weird not entirely sure what you gained from this but the Sega Mega CD version oh. of the original Mortal Kombat also contained an additional code known as the Dad's Code uh, which changed the names of the fighters to that of characters from the classic comedy series Dad's Army. Don't panic! Don't panic! Why? Now, it's not, no, it's not like... But it's, not, it's you're not, not a British game, is it? No, and you're not playing as like... It's not like, oh my god, now I can play as Pike. Oh my god, yeah. It's just that, you know, you're not, you're not playing as Private Wilson. I'm Jones. Oh. Yeah, exactly. You're not playing as Jones. It's just like... And then he, he goes in and he's like, don't panic! Don't, don't panic! <laughs> Stupid boy! <laughs> Stupid boy, <laughs> fatality. <laughs> You're never also can't be list. Don't tell him, Pike. Boom. Uh, no, it wasn't any of that. It was just you'd be playing as Luke Kang, but, but he'd be called Wilson or Jones Mannering. or Mannering. What's the point? Yeah. So it must be one British guy on the on the team. <gasps> I'm guessing so. Because no one in America knows what Dad's Army is. Maybe these these MK guys they just loved a bit of Dad's um, Army. Dad's Army episode coming up in two weeks. <laughs> Episode 671. Keep an eye out. There was also... Toasty! Which is an Easter egg that first featured in Mortal Kombat 2. We had a stroke, though. <laughs> say that. It originated as an inside joke between members of the Mortal Kombat development team and made its way into the game via an image of sound designer Dan Forden appearing in the lower right corner of the screen and saying, Toasty! in a falsetto voice okay. when the player performed a particularly vicious uppercut. Here's why. Uh. <laughs> well, Toasty is, uh, it, it wasn't, believe it or not, it wasn't my idea, but I totally went along with it. I think it's just, it's hilarious. Um, it, it, it's one of those um, taunts that I used to, I used to taunt Ed when we were playing uh, Super High Impact. You know, when the two sides, the two football sides are coming to the line of scrimmage, I'd, you know, I'd say, hi, I predict toast. Like, you're toast, right? And somehow that turned, in, turned into, I predict toasty, and then it just became toasty. And then uh, someone else in the studio suggested, you should put some of that weird stuff you say into the games. And we're like, nah, it's a bad idea. And we're like, eh, maybe, you know, maybe we'll do it. So, we, so Ed came up with like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna put your face in the game and it's gonna say toasty. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so that's that's basically how it started. Like was, was no one monitoring this? Wouldn't happen this? now. Was no one monitoring this? Yeah. Like, like, Who's going to do Scorpion's voice? I'll just do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, oh, that's funny when you say toasty. Imagine if in, like the, in. the latest COD, there'll be a bit where you, if, you, if you shoot uh, uh, enough Germans, suddenly some developer bloke who's like the biggest dweeb ever comes out and goes, oh, roasty. Wouldn't happen. Roasty? Yeah. That's, that's your new twist on it. <laughs> Wouldn't happen. Roasty. <laughs> Wouldn't happen. Now, the Mortal Kombat franchise has, of course, expanded into uh, all other types of media. Which is when... As is tradition. As, as, as is tradition. Which is when we get onto the films. Okay. So Mortal Kombat has been adapted into two major motion pictures, starting with Mortal Kombat in 1995. In each of us, there burns the fury of a warrior. In every generation, a few are chosen to prove it. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. Three strangers will travel to the mystical realm of Outworld to defend our people against Shang Tsung. You will And his forces of darkness in an ancient tournament. One more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world no! is theirs. It has begun. No! 
don't need to run. Is this one of those films where you watched it at a young age? No. Because I'm just saying... It holds up. I'm just saying that on IMDb it's got a 5.8, which is pretty low. They're wrong. They're wrong. Everyone's wrong. They're wrong. Everyone is wrong. Because... So recently we had the release of the new Tomb Raider movie, Rampage with The Rock, and you still hear talk of the the video game movie curse. But I maintain it was broken 23 years ago because the first Mortal Kombat is a hugely fun ride. So it's directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who later oversaw the Resident Evil film series and directed uh, Alien vs. Predator. Anyway, the the film's uh, primary source material was 1992's original game of the same name, but it was also inspired by and incorporated elements of uh, Mortal Kombat 2, such as the realm of Outworld, certain characters, Shang Tsung's ability to steal souls, and when Reptile appears in the film, the voice of Shao Kahn, sampled directly from the second game, can be heard announcing, Reptile. <laughs> uh, the premise of the film is also greatly influenced by Enter the Dragon, uh, Bruce Lee episode, uh, with three lead fighters, uh, the transition by way of old-style boat to an island, and the final battle with a wicked old dude who's hosting the tournament. <laughs> so the plot of the film follows uh, the, the warrior monk, Liu Kang, the actor Johnny Cage, and the soldier, Sonya Blade, all three guided by the god Raiden on their journey to combat the evil sorcerer Shang Tsung and his forces in a tournament to save Earth. What's that sound? The source of all Shang Tsung's power. The souls of a thousand dead warriors. Face your enemy. sound effect yeah. which in real life mm. I mean I've not really been around punches that much but you don't hear that noise like I think it's this here we go ready yeah that <laughs> ready ready again ready again ready again doesn't happen it doesn't happen it doesn't happen in real life. doesn't happen yeah. and the question is if that's not the sound of yeah. a punch what is that the sound of yeah. what is that the sound of one more time so <laughs> <laughs> So the Mortal Kombat film was originally due for a May 1995 release, but was pushed to August of that year after test screenings showed that the target audience loved what they saw, but thought there weren't enough fights. So extensive reshoots followed, adding a second part to Johnny Cage's uh, clash with Scorpion, as well as adding in arguably the best fight in the movie, Liu Kang's clash with uh, Reptile. Robin Shu, who played Liu Kang, uh, he was the exclusive fight choreographer for the reshoots, as opposed to... Luke Ang. Yeah. <laughs> he was the exclusive fight choreographer for the reshoots, as opposed to the credited choreographer, Pat E. Johnson. So basically, Pat, he dropped the ball, Robin had to step in. The film received <laughs> mixed reviews from the critics. Not surprised. <sighs> Back off. The Rotten Tomatoes consensus, despite an effective otherworldly atmosphere and appropriately cheesy visuals, Mortal Kombat suffers from its poorly constructed plot, laughable dialogue, and subpar <laughs> acting. I disagree. I, no, I, I think you're alone on this one. No, 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 no. I genuinely, uh, I genuinely think one of the best things about this movie is its cast. Because even when the effects don't hold up, and the script unquestionably does kind of veer into <laughs> unforgivably cheesy territory, but the cast always... They're, give, they're, they're really trying. They're always giving it welly. They're always giving it their best. They're all taking it 100% seriously. Or at least if, if they weren't, they appear to be. <laughs> and it's... 
It's such a good cast. So you've got Robin Shu, who I mentioned. Yeah. He was a Hong Kong-born wushu expert who landed the part of Luke Ang <laughs> after seven auditions. Uh, it was only his second US movie role. She was about to quit acting at the time, dissatisfied with life as a stuntman and bit part actor before he landed the role. Uh, there was Lyndon Ashby, who was particularly great in the movie as Johnny Cage. He's just so cool and funny and charismatic. Just when you're a kid, just, just, he's the guy you want to be. Yeah. Should have been a big star. His character's catchphrase was, let's dance. <laughs> uh, Brandon Lee was, oh, really? the, was the filmmaker's first choice to play Johnny Cage. Oh, well, I thought you said he was in it. No, he was the first choice to play Johnny Cage, ah, but okay. of course his tragic death on the right. set of The Crow forced him to recast. Yeah. Uh, coming full circle, Jean-Claude Van Damme, hmm. uh, who inspired the character in the first place, was apparently offered the role of Johnny Cage, but he turned it down to play Guile in Street Fighter. Ah, uh, I'm going to kick Bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is going to feel it. Troopers, I just received new orders. Our superiors say the war is cancelled. We can all go home. Bison is getting paid off for his crimes. And our friends who have died here will have died for nothing. But we can all go home. Meanwhile, ideals like peace, freedom, and justice, they get packed up, but we can all go home. Well, I'm not going home. I'm gonna get on my boat, and I'm going up river, and I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is gonna feel it. Not a, not a vintage movie. No. Nah. Uh, apparently, on set injuries... And Simon Callow was in that movie as well. Simon, I think it was Simon Cowell. No, well... S- Simon Callow. Simon Callow and Kyle Minogue. Vintage. <laughs> apparently, on set injuries on Mortal Kombat were surprisingly minimal. The only notable occurrence was a mildly bruised kidney that Ashby suffered while shooting Cage's fight scene with How Scorpion. bruise a kidney? It's like, but it's like, oh, just a mildly bruised kidney. Apparently, apparently he pissed blood. I'm surprised. that fight. Uh, Ashby originally requested a stunt double but Robin Shu convinced him the fight would look better if he did it himself he's like yeah cheers Robin thanks for that I've got a mildly bruised kidney now thanks mate uh, hi, hi there um, we've uh, done tests on, on, on your body and, and we've done everything we possibly can um, you have a mildly bruised kidney only mildly bruised you know, mildly or bruised. back to set then. back to set uh, also among the cast was uh, Bridget Wilson who played Sonya Blade she was also known for playing Arnie's daughter in The Last Action Hero um, and uh, went on to marry tennis star Pete Sampras. Really? Yeah. Bridget, oh. Bridget Wilson Sampras. They're still together now? I believe they're still together. Oh. Just after making her film debut in The Mask, Cameron Diaz was originally set to play Sonia, but she broke her wrist during a martial arts training session prior to shooting and she had to be replaced. So uh, Bridget Wilson stepped in. This does feel like a lot earlier than 95, looking at the graphics. I mean... When you said the mask came before this, that's crazy talk. Wait, wait, wait. All right, all right. We'll, we'll get onto issues of, of budget <laughs> and why this film looks like it does and, and, and the sequel and you'll... Shut up. So... <laughs> is this your lake house? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Right. To be clear, Tom loves the Keanu Reeves oh. Sandra Bullock Schmorksfest, The Lake House, genuinely one of his favourite movies of all time, and he's having to go at me... For liking the Two Geeks Appropriate uh, what, what, has a, what has a better rating on IMDb is what I'm saying. Does The Lake House have a better yes. rating? Is that you just voting uh, over uh, and over uh, and over again? 5.8 for uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, Ridiculous. Uh, and then uh, Lake House has... Has it even got an IMDb entry? It's on there. <laughs> uh, 6.8, so a whole point more. Oh, so well done. We're, we're getting to nearly 7 territory, which is pretty good for IMDb. Anyway... <laughs> Playing Raiden was Christopher Lambert or Christoph Lambert. What? He's one of those people that I look. I saw him in the train. I was like, mm. instantly went Christopher Lambert. Yeah. Couldn't tell you what he's in. What's he famous for? Highlander. That's the one. See, I've never seen any of the Highlander films. So what, what have you spent your life watching? <laughs> Lake House. <laughs> Why do I even do this podcast with you? Am I really a geek? I'm not sure. Because there's so many things I've just not... Not uh, there's so many people listening to this must go. Right. Why is he in it? Right, yeah. Why is this? Why is this guy showing up? He's not seen any of these things. All right, all right. I know we do this as a joke a lot of the time. Highlander. Yeah. 
We'll do a Highlander episode. We should. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Okay. I like Highlander. Okay. We'll do a Highlander. Isn't episode. the second film one of the worst films ever made? Yeah, but that's fun. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. So uh, that's what he's named for, though. Anything else? Mm, Grace Stoke, the legend of Grace Stoke, or, or Grace <laughs> Grace. See the Grace Stoke or Grace Stroke, the legend of Tarzan. Right. Um, Fortress. None of this means anything to me. Oh, it means nothing to me. <laughs> Christoph Lambert. <laughs> So Christoph, as Raiden, he had two catchphrases of sorts. His first was, I don't think so. And the like s- Bob in Reboot, that's his catchphrase. They'll <laughs> be stealing Bob's catchphrase. And the second was his memorable laugh. The fate of billions will depend upon you. <laughs> Sorry. According to IMDb, Sean Connery was the first choice for the role of Raiden. Connery, however, turned down the role as he wanted to play golf. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm British. Yeah, probably get paid more for doing that. Yeah. Uh, Kari Harayuki Tagawa played Shang Tsung. Tagawa was the filmmaker's first and only choice for the role. He was instantly selected after he came to his audition in costume and read his lines while standing on a chair. And what, what I like about the Tagawa is he delivers even the simplest of lines with real relish. Your brother's soul is mine. Your brother's soul is mine! There's a great scene later on where um, all the heroes are fighting uh, Scorpion and Sub-Zero uh-huh. and Scorpion and Sub-Zero come in he goes Scorpion and Sub-Zero deadliest of enemies <laughs> but slaves under my power. It's like that's quite a sort of basic line yeah. but the way he delivers it is incredible. Uh, there's also Trevor Goddard as Kano Sonya's greatest enemy an Australian underworld crime boss who joins forces with Shang Tsung. Sonia Blade. I have something for you, my dear. I don't want anything from you. On the contrary. I have something you want very much. You can thank me later. (laughs) Hello, baby. Did you miss me? Now look at this. This little baby brings back memories now, doesn't it? What, you used it to knife your mother in the back? Nah. It put a big smile on your partner, though. Ear. To ear. (laughs) The Billy Jones of his era. (laughs) So Goddard, who sadly died of a drug overdose in 2003, aged just 40, uh, was believed to be Australian. However, <laughs> upon his death, it was revealed he'd been lying about his nationality. Why? Well, obituaries around the world stated that he'd been born in <laughs> Perth, Australia. But at his memorial service, Goddard's father revealed to 400 shocked friends, so all of his mates, that he was really British, born in Croydon. Uh, apparently, he'd originally posed as Australian to land a role in the TV series Jag and just become caught up in the lie. <laughs> so he'd just gone like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm definitely Australian. And then it was like, he got caught up in it and he just had to pretend he was Australian. Americans can't tell the difference between the accents. <laughs> and then when he, when he, it was only at his funeral that all of his friends found out he wasn't really who they thought he was. Uh, the character of Kano in the games was originally supposed to be Japanese American, but has now been changed to Australian in tribute to Goddard. Even though he's not Australian. <laughs> yeah, but I think they did it when <laughs> he- In that film, he's clearly not Australian. Was, he, was that meant to be an Australian accent? Yeah, he's Australian. It's the most British accent I've ever heard in my life. Hello, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, you thought he was doing a Vinnie Jones. Yeah, exactly. No. So, uh, Sandy Helberg is briefly seen in the beginning of the film as the director of uh, Johnny Cage's latest movie. Originally, this part was to be a cameo appearance by Steven Spielberg, oh. who was apparently a big Mortal Kombat fan. She loved it. But, but scheduling conflicts uh, forced him to back out. Despite this, the director character in the scene still resembles Spielberg. Like, he's like, Steve, Steve, when you come to record your cameo on Mortal Kombat, he's like, oh yeah, guys, I, I got scheduling conflicts. And like, oh, well. So they got Senor Spielberg involved. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, listen to this. Right. Mortal Kombat spent three weeks as the number one film at the US box office, earning over 122 million worldwide. That's pretty good. On a budget of 18 million. Yeah. Come that, on. That then especially, that's pretty good. And 18 million is not a lot, so I think they did well with what they were given. <laughs> not only was it a box office success, 
But the first film ends on a cliffhanger in one of the greatest film endings of all time. According to me. <laughs> Our heroes... <laughs> the greatest film endings of all time. Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, Mortal Kombat. Rosebud. Nothing on this. <laughs> Our heroes return to Earthrealm after Luke Ang has defeated Shang Tsung only to be confronted by the enormous form of Shao Kahn, the Emperor. You humans are so unpredictable. <laughs> I've got to tell you something. You guys did great. Bow to me. What is it? The Emperor. I've come for your souls. I don't think so. What? A, what an end! Such a good end. I don't think so. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Provi- <laughs> providing the voice of Shao Kahn there was uh, Frank Welker, oh. one of the greatest voice artists of all time. He's given voice to characters as diverse as the Transformers Megatron to Freddy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> and as IMDb notes it's sort of true the voice Welker gave Shao Kahn is almost identical to Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget which he also did <laughs> I'll get you next time Gadget you weak pathetic fool Gadget I come for your soul so what so what, what you did there Frank in Inspector Gadget was inspired <laughs> so if you could just recreate the magic of that I'll get your soul next time Gadget next time that's horrible that's <laughs> really horrible one today Gadget but I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> so there was a sequel. <laughs> and this is where... This is where I lose my shit. Uh... Mortal Kombat Annihilation okay. which was released two years later and it is I can say with some confidence one of the worst movies ever made it's a crushing disappointment <laughs> now okay the first movie uh, was not was not visually stunning but this one looks like laughably cheap it is genuinely sort of stunning that it got a cinema release at all it, it's, it's mad so despite following on from the end of the first movie like directly only uh, two of the main cast uh, remained Robin Shu and, and Talisa Soto as Katana Katana <laughs> everyone else was replaced all the actors Johnny Cage my favourite character in the first movie uh, not only is he recast but he's killed pathetically <laughs> like in the first scene <laughs> going to IMDb Lyndon Ashby was asked to return but turned the film down after reading the script I'm surprised <laughs> so Shao Kahn the Emperor is sort of as you saw him there what, how would you describe him in that last scene of Mortal Kombat well Massive and yeah. epic. And huge, exactly. Yeah. Huge sort of demon dude. Yeah. This is what he looks like in Annihilation. <laughs> oh! That's what he looks like. Just suddenly just a dude. What's he looks, that? He looks like a shit Power Rangers villain. What is that? And the, I've seen the clip of... Right, right, uh, right, 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 right. I've just realised what it is. Right. Oh, no. Well, first of all, let's let's watch this absolutely atrocious <laughs> opening scene from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh. This ends now! You hide behind a human? Why not, Lord Raiden? You hid behind him your entire pathetic life! Surrender, Raiden, or this one dies. Then I will take your generals, because Earth does not bend to the will of tyrants. You, who would never let one of your precious humans die. Trade me for Johnny Cage. Come bow at my feet. In six days, you will all bow to me! It has begun! Diabolical. So the CGI is shit. The script 
is shit. <laughs> the fights are shit. That's why that's the thing that baffles me uh, most is that the fights. This yeah. is the one thing you need to get right in a film like this, and they're so, just so poorly choreographed and slow. But why did they not? Why did they not put any effort in after the first one did all right at the box office? I don't get it. Right, we'll get we'll get onto the statistics of of this movie, and it, it really is baffling. But I want to talk a little bit about the the acting. So so much for what I said before about taking it seriously. So there are these um sort of like clips on on YouTube like memes yeah. of the worst acting of all time. So one of them is um is, is troll is it troll two? Yeah. They're eating her. Oh my god. And then they're gonna eat me. They're eating her. And then they're going to eat me. Oh my god! My, my favourite is Ryan O'Neill. Ryan O'Neill. Ryan O'Neill. I don't know what film it is, but it's just he's reading a note on some sort of cliff face or a beach, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and then he's reading it, and, and the, the, it's just one line of she she had an affair, and then he goes, "Oh man, oh god, oh, oh man, man, oh god, oh as, man!" As the camera spins around him. <laughs> my husband is having an affair with your wife. I don't think we should talk about it. Does your pet kill them? Oh man. That's a, that's a famous one. And another famous one is this from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, Mother. You're alive. Too bad you will die. <laughs> Too bad you will die. I mean, she did as well as she could with the line. I mean, what were you going to do with that? But it, it really irritates me when people slag off the original Mortal Kombat movie. Because just look at that. I know. I mean... Like, honest trailers, right? They did Mortal Kombat, but they sort of bunged one and two together. Like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, they're, they're bullshit. And it's like, even if you think, like you do, that Mortal Kombat is a bad movie, you cannot no. put the two side by side and claim that they're of the same quality. No, no. That's, that's just objectively wrong. Whatever you think of Mortal Kombat, Annihilation <laughs> is, just, is irrefutably far, this far worse. This film is so bad, it elevates the first one. Yeah, no, a little bit. It's like, <laughs> but it's like, if you, I love that first uh, Mortal Kombat movie, but even if you look at it and go, ah, that's, that's, that's crap, whatever, you cannot look at the second one and go, at, at, at the very least you have to go, that's more crap. Yeah. <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation has a 3% approval rating of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, uh, there's a compilation of the movie's worst bits on YouTube, and some of the comments are gold. <laughs> some of my favourites. Imagine the worst episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers ever produced, inexplicably lasting for 90 minutes. <laughs> then some, imagine someone breaks into your house and sets all of your belongings on fire. That's approximately what it's like to watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> and then my favourite of all, this movie was so bad, I watched it on a plane and people still walked out. <laughs> it was directed by uh, John R. Leonetti, who was the cinematographer on the first movie. He's directed four films in the 20 years since. The Butterfly Effect 2, met with negative reviews. The Conjuring prequel Annabelle received generally negative reviews from critics. Horror movie Wish Upon, which has 16% at Rotten Tomatoes, so I guess technically an improvement. And a film called Wolves at the Door, which doesn't even have its own Wikipedia page. <laughs> like, what does this guy have to do to be blacklisted by Hollywood? Uh, what does he stop, have to do? Stop letting him do things. Span Leonetti. Yeah. Back to Annihilation. Uh, Entertainment Weekly gave the film a D- rating, calling it abysmal and incoherent. <laughs> In a 2012 interview with Complex... Mortal Kombat co-creator Ed Boon called Annihilation the worst moment in the history of the franchise. Good. <laughs> uh, a third MK film was planned, but was shelved after Annihilation's poor reception because it also flopped at the box office, despite somehow having a budget of $30 million, Ow. which is $12 million more than the original. They must have spent all that on catering or something. Because... <laughs> It, and, it, and it grossed just $51.3 So it hardly made any money. But how the hell... Did, was that 12 million more than the original? That's so bizarre. What were they doing? <sighs> so in 2010, director Kevin Tancheren, I think I pronounced that correctly, mm. he released an eight-minute Mortal Kombat short film titled Mortal Kombat Rebirth. Uh, the short was entirely unofficial, basically like a fan film, but it convinced New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers to hire him to direct a new Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, by October 2013, however, so uh, three years later, uh, he had left the project to pursue other creative opportunities. <laughs> Just something better than this idea. <laughs> he did, however, create the web series Mortal Kombat Legacy, which was a prequel to the original game. 
which ran for two seasons on yeah. uh, Machinimas.com's YouTube channel from 2011 to 2013. Not, not a famous household name. <laughs> uh, notable stars, though, included Starship Troopers' Casper Van Dien as the season two version of Johnny Cage, right. Jerry Ryan of yeah. uh, Star Trek Voyager fame. She played uh, Sonya Blade in the first season. Glee's Harry Shum Jr. played <laughs> Sub-Zero. And in season two, yeah. I didn't know this, Carrie Haruyuki Tagawa reprising his role of Shang Tsung from the original movie. Good. Continuity. Father. Get over here. There's a flood coming through, gang. And I'm offering you a place on the ark. best it's looked so far whether it's any good or not I don't know but yeah in 2015 uh, Saw Furious 7 and Aquaman director James Wan signed on to produce a Mortal Kombat reboot and in 2016 Simon McQuoid who's apparently a commercials <laughs> director making his film directing debut right. uh, was uh, in talks apparently to direct the movie but all seems to have gone quiet on that front one sort of interesting little curio when it comes to adaptations is the animated film Mortal Kombat The Journey Begins, which was released to VHS and Laserdisc mm. in 2011. And it's often called a prequel to the first movie, but it's more sort of an alternate opening. It follows Liu Kang, Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade, the three main characters in the live-action movie, uh, as they travel on a mysterious boat en route to the Mortal Kombat tournament. On the way, they meet Raiden, who retells the origins of Shang Tsung, Goro, Scorpion, Sub-Zero and the great Kung Lao in between fight scenes. Can I be of assistance, Lieutenant Blade? Are you the captain of this tub? I am Shang Tsung, the tournament master, and the Emperor's emissary. Yeah, well, I don't care about your Emperor, and I am not interested in your tournament. I've got a job to do. You think you are pursuing a dangerous criminal. But in fact, you have been chosen to participate in our great tournament, Mortal Kombat, just like these. Gentlemen. Chosen? By who? You'll know that soon enough. Oh, and your radio won't work where we're going, Sonia. Didn't look great. <laughs> no, but, right, it, so that was created as a promotional tool for the live-action movie's cinema release. And I remember finding that at a Cats video store, yeah. uh, and just thinking it was, at the time, I thought it was like the first episode of a series. And I was like, oh, where's the rest? Where's episode two? Because it ends with them getting to the island, and it's like, now it's time for Mortal Kombat, queuing up the movie. But I was like, well, where's episode two of the animated series? And again, at the time, kids these days don't know they're born. No, no internet, so I couldn't just Google it and find out what it was. I, I didn't know that there was no more of it. Imagine that happening now, like, Ready Player One gets a, an animated prequel the day it comes out. Well, you know I'm very excited about the recent announcement of a Fast and Furious oh, yeah. animated spin-off. What is that about? Is Vin Diesel in it? Is, is... Not confirmed yet. But I like it. I like that it's a kind of a throwback to the, the 80s and 90s when you would have things like Conan the Adventurer and yeah. Highlander, the animated series, and all these uh, animated spin-offs from live-action franchises. The but the MK franchise did spawn two television series. 
Uh, first was the 1996 cartoon Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm, known as Mortal Kombat the Animated Series outside of the US. Much has changed since the last Mortal Kombat tournament. Dark forces of Outworld have begun invading the Earth realm. These attacks are seriously weakening Earth's dimensional fabric, enabling not only Outworlders to enter the Earth realm, but warriors from other domains as well. Only the most extraordinary warriors could possibly meet this challenge. Liu Kang, Princess Kitana, Sub-Zero, Jax. Sonya Blade. Nightwolf. Kiva. Curtis Stryker. Driven by purpose and bound by honor, these are the defenders of the realm. Now I know you like a TV intro that explains... Yeah, but I like it when they do it to music. Yeah, this that's is, lazy. This is, that's lazy. Uh, this is what this whole plot is about. So this happens, and then uh, this it's really crap at the moment, so we've had to get these people back, and then... Uh, come on, put a bit of life into it, mate. Nothing. <laughs> the show served as an alternate sequel to the first Mortal Kombat film, so it was better than Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but then that is a low bar. Yeah. Uh, it was axed after one season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was followed by uh, 1998's live-action series, Mortal Kombat Conquest. In each of us, there burns a soul of a warrior. In every generation, a few are chosen to prove it. Centuries ago, in a time of darkness and fury, that fate befell three strangers. A monk, Kung Lao. An exiled guard, Siro. And a thief, Aja, who have to defend our Earth realm from the forces of Outworld. By fighting for their lives. By fighting for their honor. Your soul is mine. And by fighting for their realm. It's the burden you must carry. In a tournament called Mortal Kombat. Just that all of this is so lame. There was it's a just com- so lame. I love how you can't see that, but in in that trailer, it kept like introducing the names of these actors like they're famous people. And at the end, it was like and Jeff Meek. Who? <gasps> oh my god, the Jeff Meek is in it. Oh, I'm sold. You don't know Jeff? Ah, oh, that ah, oh, amazing. Jay Meek. Yeah. <laughs> there was there's a comment on one of those YouTube clips, and it's like they make a very good point, which is. Mortal Kombat is one of the biggest, as we said yeah. earlier, franchises in the world. Why not spending any money on yeah, it? Yeah, why is it so always shit? so cheap? Why is it, it always so cheap? So really shoddy. I don't get it. So this was a prequel to the movies. Its most notable star was Kristana Loken, who was the female Terminator TX oh, in Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Who cares? OneUp.com called the series a wire food disaster. <laughs> it was axed after one season. I'm not surprised. It looks, that looks like it came out in like 1991 and... No, no one watched it and yeah I mean you've got the year wrong but the rest is more or less bang on the money uh, there have also been Mortal Kombat novels card games comic books platinum selling tie-in soundtracks because you know the music is great yeah. and I know you I know you love one of these a live tour oh god how but this, this does this does look better than the turtles live tour is it like Shaolin Monks or whatever so uh, it featured Mortal Kombat characters sounds and laser light effects on stage well like yeah, like the punch, like punch sound effects. The plot was based on three fighters rescuing their friends and retrieving a magic amulet from Shao Kahn in order to save the Earth. Did we just spend money on all sorts back then? Like People just, in the 90s, people just bloody loved a live tour, mate. Yeah. Give us a live tour. Yeah. I thought it was fabulous. The show was incredible. I loved it. I thought it was way much better than Power Rangers Live. Mortal Kombat, live on stage. The best family show of the season, Rise USA Today. Mm. The illusions, gymnastics, lasers, stunts, and more. The show's great. It was great, man. The New York Times calls it an action fantasy spectacle. Prepare yourself for Mortal Kombat live on stage. It's coming for one performance only, February 22nd at Roland Oak Civic Center Coliseum. Tickets now. Tickets now. I mean, yeah, I mean that looks a bit better than uh, coming out of their shells tour. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Again, a low bar. A very low bar. 
Have you ever skipped rocks across the ocean? <laughs> so that show, yeah. that show debuted at Radio City Music Hall in New York City on September the 14th, 1995, followed by a 200-city road trip uh, into 1996. It replicated Mortal Kombat martial arts and video game moves on stage, mixed with dancing and music. Yeah. The show featured pre-recorded lip-syncing and the official Mortal Kombat sound effects, though there was no graphic violence or fatalities visible in the show. So no ripping out of spinal cords or... Not live, would have been a bit tricky to pull off. However, interestingly, the on-stage fights were choreographed by Kerry Haruyuki Tagawa. Huh? He's back again, he, he, he loves Mortal Kombat. He loves Kombat. the franchise, he's he just, believing it. Yeah, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's quite yeah. nice. So that is it. Uh, this episode has taken on a life of its own and it's time to finish him. I mean... It's it, it's one of the best selling franchises of all time. Mm, apparently, it is. Yeah, what's but the problem? I, I'd say ninety percent of it was shoddy, like bad. You're only no, no, no. The games are good. You're you're, you're thinking about the adaptations, okay. which yeah. I say like it needs it needs someone to come along with a big budget and to take it seriously. We need to do Sonic the Hedgehog at some point because Sonic <laughs> Sonic's very similar in that it's it's ninety percent crap. Like it started brilliantly and mm. it's just been crap for years. And but people keep. For, for, you know, focusing on the original. I mean, yeah. What, what are the current games like? Are they still going? Is it still? It's, it's still going. Yeah, like the past few years, has yeah. been more current games. Yeah. yeah. Right. For more things that are ninety percent crap. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, to paraphrase Johnny Cage, <sighs> this is where we fall down. Uh, so, for more great banter about video games, <laughs> kung fu, and bad movies. Uh, check out all of our previous episodes yes. on our website, which is twogeekstwobeers.com. We're also on iTunes, where you can subscribe, review, and rate us a flawless five stars, if you please. And uh, all the social channels, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Two Geeks Cast. Yes, we promise we won't harvest your data for sinister purposes. <laughs> now... We might a little bit. It's <laughs> a little sinister. To play us out... Uh, obviously we've already had the, the main Mortal Kombat thing yeah, what else have you got so I thought a nice chilled outro I yeah. know you love a bit of yeah. chilled music yeah. so from the end of the first Mortal Kombat movie this is Halcyon by Orbital ah. until next time stay toasty <laughs> cheers <laughs>